We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's third and seven to the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. And you're seeing why offensive coordinator Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor have the third best... Red zone offense, or top five, I should say, red zone, and that's they create all of these things. Chase is a decoy on a screen, and Hurst is wide open. Well, that game wasn't close, I'll tell you that. 617-779-7937. It's Arkan, it's Mego here. Sports Radio, WEEI. Bengals come away with a convincing win over the Buffalo Bills, 27-10 in Orchard Park, and it wasn't even really that close, it didn't feel like. Um, I know you're over Josh Allen. I think a lot of people maybe are looking at Josh Allen a little differently today. Looking a little sideways. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. Like, I like Fourier. Fourier and I both kind of were on this train of being slow to... Don't even, don't even bring his name up right Sorry, now. Sorry, I know. Being slow to, like, catch on and actually believe in Josh Allen. Yeah. Because uh, 2018, 2019, he just looked so silly. Especially playing the Pats. Like, he just soared the ball over. Looked like he was going to knock out the guy at the hot dog <laughs> cart. Like, I mean, we used to make great jokes back uh, when I would cover the team then. And when I would cover the Patriots and he'd come to town, I'd be like, oh, great. This is going to be very entertaining. And then all of a sudden in 2020, he looks like, you know, he looks like the stallion that's been tamed by... Brian Dable, and you see the natural talent that he has. Like, he's built like a Madden quarterback. Like, he's just completely ridiculous the way that he can get out of things in the pocket and the way that he can just muscle his way through and basically be the entire Bills running game uh, through the second half of the season and through the playoffs. He became like Cam Newton in his prime, basically. Yeah. But at the same time, just watching him face off against Joe Burrow on the other side, I just came away from that going, yeah, the Bengals are the better team. The Bengals are the better team. That's not how I think a lot of us felt in September or October or even in November. The Bengals are the more balanced team. Joe Burrow is the better quarterback. Like when we look at that class of really elite quarterbacks between Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Mahomes is still number one. Mm -hmm. I think Burrow has taken that number two spot. And with Allen... Like, I just have some serious questions about his decision-making, his judgment, him trying to put everything on himself all the time without Dable here. Like, I wonder what the next two to three years of his career are going to be. I'll ask you this. Do you feel like winning is a QB stat? Um, Yeah. You do? I do. Yeah, to I to an like extent, yeah. That's pretty split among mm-hmm. people, whether they feel like they'd count wins. Because if that's the stat... I think, like, Patriots fans are maybe kind of afraid to say this because he's owned you recently. Like, he's absolutely owned you, and Patriots fans have their tail tucked between their legs a little bit. But what has he done? Like, he can't win an AFC championship. Nope, he's going short. He's like Mr. Divisional Round. (laughs) And sometime lately, not even that. He's Mr. Wildcard Bye. Like, I'm not trying to be insensitive because I know that they 
went through a lot this team and you know it was great to see Demar Hamlin even though you couldn't really see him oh, on that the could broadcast because the snow was like is puking snow so much I think that was actually a scarecrow window. with a red jacket yeah. on that's sitting up in the booth move there. the arms around and make it look <laughs> but it's see, like get loud on defense said the scarecrow I feel that if um another quarterback was in the position of that Josh Allen was in yesterday people would be hammering it and saying like how do you not show up more and he was trying to do a lot. He was trying to do a lot. But then you look at these critical points in the game. It's 17-7. Halfway through the third quarter, they're down. Third and goal. And he just seals it over Devin Singletary in the corner of the end zone. And they have to settle for three. At 27-10, there's like eight minutes left in the game. Just under eight minutes left in the game. Uh, it's fourth down. He has Gabe Davis and Steph Diggs and... Uh, Tony Romo's on the broadcast being like, Steph Diggs is fool's goal. Don't even look his way. I guess that's what he did because it looked like Steph Diggs, there was a safety who was, and Eli Apple who was splitting between Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. You're talking about the Gabe fourth Davis. down play? Yeah, yeah. And, and Apple just like swats it down like it's freaking backyard football. He had a hell of football. a game, by the way, Apple did. Yeah. Apple was all over the place. He was he really played well, I thought. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Allen was, Allen was not himself. As far as turning the ball over, though, it's been a problem for him all year. He led the league in turnovers. Like, he was a turnover machine this year, despite his gaudy numbers, which he still put up. And the fact that he still put those up, even without Dayball, tells me that he's not completely reliant on it. It's not like he's dependent on Dayball, and without him, he he's can't play. He's a good quarterback. He's still course. a very I'm good quarterback. I'm saying he's a yeah. top three quarterback. I'm just saying, I think because he got that enormous contract and because he's done things for the Bills that nobody's done since 93, since 95, and they are so desperate for the savior, and he certainly looks the part, mm -hmm. and he can play the part. But, you know, you see Cowboys fans today, and they're talking about Dak Prescott. Like, oh, man, is this the ceiling with Dak? How far can we go with Dak? Got to get rid of McCarthy because got to pair somebody else who's going to pull more out of Dak so we can go further in the playoffs. At what point do the Bills fans get to that? Like, are they... Are they content just owning and running the division and then never going anywhere further? Because I wouldn't be. Um, no, of course not. I don't think they are. I think that Buffalo still has some I'm not, work to I'm do not, with their roster, I'm not too. saying move on from Josh Allen. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I feel like at this point, the conversation could change with him. Yeah. Instead of being like, my God, Josh Allen is the ultimate success story. You got to stick with your rookie quarterback through two, three, four years because he might be Josh Allen. It's like, okay, well, what has Josh Allen done to suddenly be in the conversation, even with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, Mahomes beat him. Led some nice playoff runs. Like, yeah. we don't talk about Shanahan quarterbacks that way. No, that's true, we don't. And I do think that, jo I mean, Josh Allen's like an MVP candidate. He has been for the past couple of years. So, so long as he's putting up. But that's up, where I ask you, is, is winning a QB stat? Is win yes, it is. I think it is. I still think it is, and I think that that still matters. But when it comes to playoffs and, and things like that, Josh Allen was considered a really good late-game quarterback. You know, he had a bunch of fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives over the last couple of years, and it seemed like he was one of those type of guys. But I think that's starting to wear off a little bit. Or it could be just as simple as he's really good, but Joe Burrow's better than him. I mean, that's it could just be as simple as that. And Joe Burrow, I think, also may have a better offense than than what Josh Allen has. Josh Allen doesn't have much of a running game other than himself. He is the running game. He's the running game. Singletary's not a very good runner. They just don't. They don't have that uh, that element. Their tight end's not very good. You know what I mean? Like you have three really strong wide receivers there in Cincinnati, and you have one and a half in Buffalo. So it could be you know something like that too. It could just be the Bengals are just a little bit more equipped uh, 
to go into a shootout and win, especially in the elements like that, which is funny, too. Okay, that's the other side of this. Buffalo couldn't play in the snow. That was wild to me how sloppy they were because it's this is supposed to be like, you know, you're the, the trump card that you play over the rest of the league. Right. And it's not like they've had a fluky warm winter. There have been like snowstorms Maybe that's that why. have displaced them. And they had to go to play in Detroit so they don't know how to play in the snow this year. <laughs> you know? it, it, could was, be that. it was just, it felt like the disparity between those two offenses yesterday was huge. The way that the Bengals came out, that Joe Burrow came out, and it looked like after the two touchdowns, like they were just never really going to be able to get in the game. And here's the other thing with Josh Allen. Like this does bug me. The crap that he talks <laughs> after he gets in the end zone. It's been like two back-to-back games that he's he, done he this. He runs his mouth. Where he runs his mouth to the defense. And then he just trots over to the sideline and leaves his teammates to be like, that's our QB. What do you got to say for yourself? You know, he got like into it on the sideline during the Dolphins game after right. a, a run, and you know it was the same thing where he goes over there, Christian Wilkerson, yeah, yeah, with Christian Wilkerson, and then he just walks away because he's like, "Oh, I've probably been talked to about this." Deion Dawkins, like, "I got this." I he's got like, this. "Oh yeah, I'm worth 265 million dollars. Maybe I should stop yeah. doing this. Stop <laughs> pushing defensive linemen." Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You're right, Josh Allen. I think has established himself as a step below Joe Burrow and a step below Patrick Mahomes. I thought this on Saturday as the AFC, you know, the the first games on Saturday were getting ready to go. You look at the four quarterbacks, AFC quarterbacks who were playing this weekend, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen sub out maybe one of them with Justin Herbert. Like, that's five quarterbacks right there who aren't going anywhere. I mean, no, they're all and young it, and they're all good and they're they all, their teams like, are all good. They you know? felt like the quarterbacks who should be there Yeah, in like, the playoffs. They it's not like be. there's one team. It's It's Frankly, it's not like having the Niners in right. a conference where it's like, oh, there's one team that just has a really great defense and they weaseled their way in there and they're good in other parts of the game. Yeah, and I know like Trevor Lawrence, obviously it wasn't a great season for them, but think about what last year was like and think about someone like Peyton Manning, which is who Lawrence basically was coming out of college. He was a blue chip prospect. Him, Andrew Luck, those type of guys. Manning wasn't great right away. Lawrence was in the playoffs before Manning was. So like, I don't know. I just I sort of look at that and I wonder how the Patriots and Mac Jones fit into this picture because right now I see that as pretty well sealed off. And even the team, you know, even Herbert, who wasn't even there that weekend, is sort of the guy I consider the alternate i don't put mac jones on that list yet i don't even think they're really in the ballpark in terms of mac jones and how it relates back to the patriots like my other takeaway from this weekend was every time that the niners win and advance in the playoffs i think it's going to come back to bite the patriots because i watching that niners team i feel like that's exactly how bill belichick wants to construct a roster yeah and wants to run his team (laughs) and like he would love to be able to just like oh Okay, another quarterback down. Let's toss another one in there. This one, I like his confidence. He's good. Yeah, get in and there, just, Purdy, exactly. you are. Yeah. And you know, you win like these, like you barely get into double-digit games or whatever, and it's just, I, I don't think, they, he takes the wrong lessons away. Like Bill Belichick took the wrong lessons away from the Niners and looking at that and being like, oh, maybe you should have an offensive mastermind on your coaching staff. Perhaps that's the difference maker. They yeah, have a fullback. We should have a fullback. Yeah, the, uh, the the secret isn't just having anybody play quarterback. That's not the secret. <laughs> the secret is having, I don't know, not drafting Nikhil Harry when he could have had Debo Samuel. Maybe that's part of it. And uh, all the other players on that team, too. And also, yeah, having a coach who has the foggiest idea what he's doing when it comes to uh, running an offense like that. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Let's go to uh, Craig in Rhode Island, who has a take on Josh Allen and Steph Diggs. Go ahead, Craig. 
How you guys doing? What's up? Yep. So uh, it's funny you said the we could add De- Debo Samuel and they could add DK Metcalf. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just want to touch on that because you just brought it up. But uh, they could add Metcalf. I mean, they could add AJ Brown. They could add a lot of guys, Craig, instead of Nikhil Harry. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> what are you doing if you're Josh Allen and Diggs is coming over and you know, you know he's not happy. Pulling a little fit. I don't think Diggs has been happy for at least the last, like, seven weeks. I think right, since I the agree. first time that he saw you guys in Thursday Night Football. I agree. I totally agree. And his brother, I'm a Dallas fan, his brother, you know. His brother dropped an interception last, last night, yeah. You know, dropped, dropped interception. Uh, the hit, the no hit on uh, Kittle. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for the call, Craig. <laughs> uh, he just wanted to him, just, you know, shoot the no, breeze. Yeah, no, him <laughs> handling Diggs. I mean, isn't that like a huge part of being the leader of the team? Yeah. Diggs went off. He was, I mean, he stadium. was making a whole scene. That's true. Unhappy. I think that's who Steph Diggs has been since high school. Like, I know that's who he's been since high school. Yeah. Like, he's a front runner. I mean, he's a front runner. When the team's doing well, he's great. It's great not teammate. the first time there's been an overly emotional, like, very passionate wide receiver who wants to get his touches. Yeah. I mean, really. That's not my quarterback. Like, this isn't a unique situation. <laughs> Joe Biscaglia, who covers the uh, Buffalo Bills for the Athletic, had this tweet after the game. Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs darted out of the locker room with all his stuff before some of the Bills coaches were even down to the tunnel area. It was practice squad running back Duke Johnson had to stop Diggs before he left the stadium and brought him back to the locker room. He left a few minutes later. Hmm. Duke Johnson. I remember that name. Why do I remember Duke? Oh, because he ran all over them with the Dolphins in yes. the regular season finale last year. It's like listen, He's on the B- Bills practice squad. Yeah, Bills practice squad <laughs> trying to get Stephon Diggs to, like, you know, listen, it's the last game. you got to answer questions. you got to come back. Fine, I'll come back. All and right. then he leaves two minutes later. I yeah. know we had the break. Do you Splits. want to address on the other side some of the ongoing conversation around if the Patriots were here because they almost beat blank. I think we they have could to. have beaten blank. I really think that we have to do this because it's it's embarrassing, Patriots fans. Your reactions to these games are just really embarrassing. We'll get to that right after trying that. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini here with you until 6 o'clock. We're going to play some audio from Tony Romo, the weekend that he had. Some interesting analysis that we heard. Uh, and we'll get into the Patrick Mahomes high ankle sprain, which he played through. But first, I just wanted to address an alarming uh, narrative I saw taking shape, mostly online over the course of the weekend. And you probably noticed it too, Megan Ryan. I mean, I think everybody sort of saw this. There's a lot of people out there, fans mostly, some, some writers, some media-adjacent type of people, saying, you know... Maybe they didn't make the playoffs this year, but the Patriots, they, they could have really made some noise if they did. Based on what? Based on what indeed. I know we watched some pretty rotten quarterback play this past weekend, and I'm not going to argue with you there. I mean, Josh Allen wasn't very good. Um, I thought that uh, the uh, Giants uh, on the NFC side, yeah, Danny Dimes didn't do much. Dak Prescott didn't play well. Those are NFC teams, so it doesn't really uh, apply to what we're talking about here. But I just, you know, I mean, well, the Patriots only lost to the Bengals by this, and they only lost to Buffalo by this, and look at that. I mean, you know, they had a better game against Cincinnati than the Bills did. <laughs> To which I just say, you know, those teams lost this year to teams. To, like, the Bengals lost to Cleveland this year on Halloween. You remember that game? It was an awful game. The Bengals got manhandled in that game. And the Bills, I mean, the Bills lost to the, the Jets. Bills lost to the Jets. Thank to the, you. To the New York Jets. Like, they lost. They're capable, you're capable of beating. There's teams out there that have actually beaten these teams. You had three cracks at it, and you didn't beat any either of them once. Like, what are you talking about? Well, if the Patriots played in this game, if the Patriots played in this game, they would have gotten smoked, just like the Bills got smoked. And if they were playing the Bills, the Bills would have smoked them too. You're not on the level that you think you are. I'm sorry. Like, I just, that was that was very surprising. And I understand, you know, you sort of cope with the fact that your team's not in it. And you think, oh, well, if they were, maybe uh, the defense could have played well against Josh Allen because we got a good day. Yeah, you have a good defense. That's true. Who's going to, how are you going to score points? Like, what, what do you think, what team do you think was going to be playing in this game? Because it was still the same Patriots. It's not like some new and improved Patriots and they're going to have a great offseason and then next year they'll be good. You're talking about this year's Patriots. And the fact that anyone thinks that the offense you watched all year long, it, even in that Buffalo game where I know they played a little bit better in some of the other games, all of which they lost, by the way, where the offense actually showed up, um, how you could watch that team all year and then watch these playoffs and watch these these quarterbacks who admittedly some of them didn't play all that well and think, you know what? That could have been the Patriots. Like, in terms of what? Because there was bad quarterback play, and that reminded you of the Patriots? Like, okay, I guess I sort of see that. But that doesn't mean that you belong there. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you belong in the mix with these other teams. All these teams had great quarterback play all season long, and then in the playoffs, it fell off, or you had a bad game, or something like that, one bad day. It was the opposite with the Patriots. The Patriots had bad quarterback and bad offensive play all year long with like a couple of rare exceptions. That's not, you were an eight-win team, you know? Like you were an eight-win team and you barely were even that. Like this was this was really sort of disappointing. I feel like there's still a lot of Patriots fans just in heavy denial right now about where the team is. Absolutely. This was a carryover from the conversation that came out last weekend, mostly online, but with some media people that Watching the Bills and the Dolphins game, oh, the Patriots would have been in this because Dolphins are on their third-string quarterback, and it's just like an awful situation. 
you weren't there and you would have you beat the dolphins in an in their horrible situation just like every game that you won against a good team you didn't have to see their top quarterback right except for the Detroit Lions and that was Jared Goff like I think Jared Goff is a fine quarterback but he's not in a tier with Joe Burrow and so you hang your hat on oh well if we they hadn't coughed the ball up on Christmas Eve against Joe Burrow and the Bengals they could have won but you didn't and that's the point all of your best performances, I like that you brought that up. All your best performances on offense, Vikings, uh, Bengals. Ravens throw before another the interception. Yeah. Yeah, no. Again, before the interception. They are all nothing to write home about. It's like those were your those were your professional performances, really. That's where you look like you had a functional offense. Right. And if that's the baseline the times. that you're pointing to, you talk about, oh, the Patriots look better against the Bills. In the, the second time they saw them, you lost by 12 points. That's what you're hanging your hat on? So I, I can't understand anybody who continues to watch these AFC teams play against each other. And like we just said, we feel like the right quarterbacks, the right teams mostly and the right quarterbacks made it to this divisional round. I don't know how you watch any of that and feel like your Patriots are close. Could have made some noise if they'd been there. Based on what? Based on what? Based on your defense? Your defense was good. Your defense was really good. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. And a good Absolutely. defense can take a mediocre team places. That's happened before. But you're not the Niners. You're not that, yeah. You didn't have a competent coaching staff below Bill Belichick. You didn't have any competent coaching on the offensive side of the ball, maybe outside of Troy Brown. I don't know how you think that the way that you were going, you would make any noise in the playoffs. If you feel that way... I think you need to go back and watch some game tape reevaluate your stance. The, That's nuts. The Chiefs and the Bengals both scored 27 points this weekend to win their games. You know how many times the Patriots scored more than 27 points this year? I think one time. Three times. I oh, know. Yeah, right. Three times. One of the, I mean, I think they were all in those games that you mentioned, Arkan. It, the, the one that jumped out to me was that Patriots fans should feel really good after watching these performances. I'm like, I feel worse than I've ever felt. I don't know why I would expect this to be a massive improvement that you're so much closer to these teams based on what you saw this weekend. You watched the teams who executed well. Everybody was all nervous about the Bengals. Oh, they're missing a couple of linemen. The offensive line's already, you know, was a problem last year. What's it going to be now at this point? Offensive line wasn't an issue whatsoever in that game. They came out and cooked. So uh, apparently if you have two offensive linemen on the Patriots who check out in the second game of the season and never get clued back in between Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn, that's catastrophic. You can't bounce back from that. And yet these other teams can. They have guys who actually can't get on the field. Your guys just can't stop picking up penalties. Like, I don't understand how you compare these two programs right now or three programs or four programs and go, I feel pretty good about where they could be. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's wild too, especially the Bengals thing because had that Bengals game end again, oh, a fumble from Ramondre Stevenson. Wow, really fluky, right? No, wrong. Not fluky at all. In fact, bad fumbles at the end of games were kind of a feature, not a bug this year. All right? I mean, that was not something that only happened one time. It was part of your identity. It was. It's the main thing people are probably going to remember about this year was the fact that you lost your mind at the end of some of these games. And it wasn't just some random player losing your mind. It was Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers, who may be your two best offensive players. Yeah. Like, that's the best you have to offer. And those two guys... 
I mean, I'm not going to go over it again because we all watched the games and we all remember what it looked like. But Jesus, like you know, that was that was not something that just happened. It was a freaky thing. They had uh, brain farts all year long on special teams, on offense, you name it. I mean, really, outside of the defense, which was good, not great. I mean, there was plenty of times the defense got carved up by good quarterbacks and good offenses. I mean, that's not a that's not some thing that I look at and say, oh yeah, this defense was a championship defense. It was a good defense, it wasn't great. Uh, but the other aspects of this team and how much does bill always preach you know all three phases two of the phases were just a mess this year they were actively bad and that's why i don't think they belonged in the play that's why i didn't belong with these other teams that won their divisions and win games and didn't crap their pants down the stretch when they needed you know to to not fumble a pass or not you know throw some crazy wacky lateral play or whatever it was they were out there doing you know these are teams that were smart and got their job done and and got to the playoffs and were able to get this far now yeah buffalo played awful in this game and josh allen didn't look good and buffalo is going to have to answer some questions in this offseason too but the questions they have to deal with compared to what you have to do in this offseason it's apples and carburetors like we're not even talking about the same object like come on come on patriots fans this is you you know better than this how many years in a row did you did you dominate all these teams and then have them say well you know if we got a a crack at you like no 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 if the jets got a crack at you any of those years they probably would have lost except the two years that they didn't you are not really that team. You know, you're just, you're not. You were not even really a spoiler this year. You were just kind of there. You, you know? didn't like, spoil anyone. Yeah, you were just you were just a team that was kind of there. That's and- the crazy thing is this team, and I don't want to just rehash the whole season, but when you talk about the identity, the personality of this team, they never stole a game. No. They never came in and made noise during the regular season. Maybe they did it for two quarters or three quarters, but they could never finish the game. They couldn't even win games that they were supposed to win, that they were favored in. Like yeah. the the Chicago game is wild, I, and you can't even say like they beat themselves. They just they just weren't that good in a lot of these games, and they just never really found it. They lost five out of their last seven games, and the only reason why their season wasn't over in like week. 12 or something is because the Dolphins lost their quarterback and some of these other teams were all losing too. I mean, really, that's it. The, the Chargers, Jets fell off a cliff. The Jets were the right there with them. And Dolphins. The Jets started 6-3 and three and then proceeded to lose their mind through the last half of the season. Yeah. That's why. And you only finished one game better than them too, by the way, just for the record. You're the Jets way, are 7 you are and 10. way closer you are to eight the and Jets. Nine. You are way closer to the Jets than you are the Bills. That's the reality. Yeah. Like, the Jets are not a really bad team. Everybody laughs, oh, the Jets, the Jets. Uh, they have an issue at quarterback. You have an issue with th- two-thirds of your coaching staff. Yeah. I don't know which is – and you don't know about your quarterback. This is something I was thinking about this morning with Mac Jones because I was thinking about how certain people and, – and sorry, this is just going off on a tangent. Certain people kind of have changed their tune or they've gone a little quiet that were pretty high on, oh, they got the guy. They don't just have a guy. They have the guy in his rookie season, especially when they were going through that winning streak. And then it was, oh, well, he hit the rookie wall. That's how I felt. I felt like it was a very uh, tangible rookie wall that he hit after going through Alabama, going through the draft, going, you know, the combine, getting the starting job at the end of camp, going through the whole season. I just think that it serves to remind you 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 have a very small sample size with Mac Jones, and you screwed half the sample size. Mm. If this was a scientific experiment, 
it's as if you went into the lab and the Petri dishes from all of this year, you just spit in all of them and like threw up in two of them. And now that, that sample size is ruined. And maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you feel like this is the experiment that shows you that Mac Jones doesn't have it this season. I don't feel that way. I feel that you absolutely wasted a season. And in that way, you're closer to the Jets, but you still don't have a Zach Wilson on yes. your roster. So at least you're not there. You contaminated the sample with the Patricia virus. <laughs> exactly. Is what hey, that's not funny. Um, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Let's go to Tim in Hanover. Go ahead, Tim. Thanks for thanks for taking my call, guys. You got it, Tim. Hey, I... I I just want to say the Pats, I think, can be competitive after this draft this year comes up if they get an elite guy on the defensive secondary, an elite guy on the offense. And, and what they need to do is sprinkle some guys to shore up the line and sprinkle a couple other players in there, and they'll be competitive. There's two elite guys in the NFL that are quarterbacks, and they're playing in their next game, Mahomes and Burroughs. After that, they got excellent quarterbacks sprinkled in around them, but they're going to show for the next five to ten years that there's nobody better than those two, and they deserve to be there. All right, thanks for the call there, uh, Tim. Appreciate it. Um, Jalen Hurts playing elite this year, too. Am I bonkers the way way that he's talking about it? I think Hurts, maybe if he wins the Super Bowl, I think he needs another season of this just to show that it's not fluky. Am I crazy for agreeing with him? Uh, no, I just think that, you know, if you listen, like, they just need this and this and then sprinkle oh, no, in this no, no, and no, sprinkle no, no. in all I these other on, things. I like, meant about elite quarterbacks. About elite quarterbacks, I agree with you there. I think these are the last two really elite quarterbacks. No, but in terms sorry. Of, His other points are crazy. The <laughs> other point about, you know, the Patriots are only, like, a couple of guys away, and then he, like, lists every single position <laughs> right. on the roster, and it's like, okay. If they get an elite guy in every positional group, and then they make the line really strong, right. they'll be in a great place. They need... I hope not, Bill. Uh, they need two tackles, definitely. I'd say they need at least a, a stud-wide receiver, um, if we're just talking about the offense here. But he also mentioned, like, the secondary. Yeah, sure, bring in, the, bring in a corner. If Devin McCourty retires, you may need a new safety. I still think they could use an upgrade at linebacker. Like, there's there's still plenty of, of ways that you can improve the team. Maybe almost too many ways, you know? And that's kind of the problem here, isn't it? Like, there's still a lot of holes on this roster, even with the free agent spending spree two years ago. And what I think was a pretty good draft last year. You still, I mean, the four years prior to that, just so many holes. And now, you know, you're starting to see that kind of come up, certainly on the offense. You know, you you spend a lot of money on offensive free agents, and you got a little bump that one year, but then, man, things just petered right out, didn't they? So I'm still uh, of the mind that because of how botched, how tainted the samples are on the offensive side. Like, it's not just about Mac Jones. It was an accident. I spilled my <laughs> I spilled my ranch dressing into the Petri dish. <laughs> Excuse me. I was eating jalapeno poppers. It's just, <laughs> I feel that that extends to other guys on offense, too. And I'm not talking about guys like Trent Brown, hmm. who've proven themselves in other times in the Trent league. Trent was also so- eating jalapeno poppers <laughs> with me, and they got into the Petri dish. Excuse me, is this seat taken? <laughs> you can tell that he just didn't, that he just stopped trying, that he just checked out this season. But I'm thinking about guys like Tyquan Thornton. Right. I'm still intrigued by him. I'm not like, okay, you know, he's a total bust. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guys off the top of my head. I still don't know what the two young running backs are. They both popped at couple points they in the had that one game where they both was pretty out. good. Yeah, I thought so. And obviously and Jones and Jones are good. And then so. there's guys like 
Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne. Hunter Henry and Scotty Washington. Who will hopefully be back and be back to their 2021 selves instead of the 2022 selves because they'll have an actual offensive coordinator and play caller. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I in that sense, I wouldn't say that all of the free agency spending was a bust because some of it really showed up consistently in 2021. And then we have the tainted sample. And then the lab had a meltdown. This one's a jackalope. That's a cross between a jackrabbit and a cantaloupe. No, that's actually not right. <laughs> uh, it's an antelope. Um, by the way, you talk about uh, the Patriots. Could the Patriots have played this weekend? Yes, they could have. There was one play this weekend that really I watched and I thought, ooh, that's something the Patriots could have done. The last play uh, from the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole Is that thing. Is what McCarthy, when he, when he called the draw? The Zeke Elliott snapping Zeke the ball. Zeke Elliott playing center <laughs> and three guys line up. And I'm like, <laughs> I know how this is going to go. Oh, my God. That All right, that was Patriot-esque right there. That was a Matty P could have draw, drawn that one up, I think. I will say I heard from a couple former offensive linemen. Who you almost busted out there. Zeke almost. Very happy and wanted to see Zeke wrecked further. I mean, that was that was something. And then they finally get the pass. The guy gets drilled right away as soon as he catches the ball. I was like, Jesus. Didn't even have didn't even have a chance to lateral it. That's how fast the Niners were on him. That was really – that was something else. They were that like – they looked at it like, are you really doing this? <laughs> kidding me? All right, guys. Okay, here we we're, go. We're ready for it. Let's go. I guess I guess McCarthy <laughs> hates Zeke. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, Zeke looked like Mac trying to tackle Chandler Jones. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We'll get to your phone what calls. What was the plan? I have no I idea. Know. I mean, completely nuts. Yeah, no no clue. Uh, we'll get to your phones right after this. And are they going to play Ezekiel Elliott at center here? Look at this formation. Yeah, so they have their right guard and tackle out here, their left guard and left tackle out here. It appears that Zeke's going to go to center. This looks like my flag football team. But obviously, Mike McCarthy's been working on this end-of-game scenario, and we'll see what he's got. Final play, it looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the turret. Gets smoked right away, and that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. that really doesn't do it justice. I mean, it was, you know, like it was one of those plays you kind of just had to see to believe. It's Arcan, it's Mego here, Sports Radio, WEEI. Um, the one thing that really made me think, yeah, the Patriots could have done that. <laughs> they definitely could have gone out that's there. that's very Patriot-like. And uh, run that play at the end of the game. Uh, not that I felt like there was much of a chance anyway there for, for Dallas. What a tough game for Dak Prescott. Um, he's, uh, he's another one, you know. He's had plenty of cracks at the can and doesn't seem like it's going to happen for him either. 617-779-7937. And you know what? For the NFC, no Brady, no Rodgers. And Dak Prescott, I mean, just as much as anybody else, was probably a highest-rated quarterback still still out there other than Jalen Hurts. You know? Look, that's what I'm talking about when I bring up the Josh Allen stuff. I'm not saying that Josh Allen isn't a good quarterback, but there is something to if you're in this league mm-hmm. – and the whole point is to try to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Is it that much of a difference between Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, if this is how far you're getting? You like that? If you can't win an AFC championship game, you can't even get to the Super Bowl. I, I'm, I'm like The ceiling is incredibly high for Josh Allen, so maybe they'll do it next year. Maybe they'll do it the next year. It's just starting to feel like every year is going to turn into this is the Bills year. Yeah. And this really felt like the Bills' year. And then they run into Burrow and the Bengals, and that just looks like a way better team, way more balanced offense. Just actually has a run game. 
years and years and years, you couldn't get through Brady in New England, right? You know, like even really good quarterbacks, really good teams. It's just Brady was there and you couldn't get past him. I sort of feel like now you get, it's not like you have two Bradys, but as far as Buffalo's concerned, kind of, kind of is. Mahomes and Burrow might as well be two Tom Brady. Like, you're going to have to deal with both of them. And I think he's a step down from both of those guys. And just, you know, that. eventually you, uh, you you break through or you just sort of are looking up at him forever. But right now, I mean, that's that's kind of where I see Buffalo, unless they unless they go and have another big offseason. And to be fair, part of their big offseason uh, got hurt. You know, Von Miller hadn't played since, what, was it week six or whatever it was that he got hurt? I mean, he was he was hurt early in the year. They'll be fine when they get he Aaron Donald in yesterday. the offseason. We'll all be good. Yeah, uh, we'll see. 617-779-7937. Let's go to George. I like that. And that's my son's name. George in Gramville. Go ahead, George. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, George? Uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to talk to you guys about uh, Mac Jones and the doubt that Patriots fans have in him. I still think that uh, he could be a solid quarterback if they put the right pieces around him and uh, they get an offensive coordinator. I mean, this whole entire year was tough for, on the guy. When he drops back, he gets two seconds or less in the pocket. I mean, there's not much that a guy can really do. I still think that if you put people around him, give an offensive coordinator where they're actually calling plays where he's got people to dump it down to maybe, maybe not run everybody deep every time, then uh, he'll have a chance. But I'm just... I still got belief in Mac Jones as a Patriots fan, and I think the Patriots fans still should too. All right, thanks for the call, George. And I haven't given up on Mac Jones yet. I don't think that that's fair to him. I don't think that is the right thing to do either. I think that you've seen you've seen flashes even this past year, as bad as things were. That last Buffalo game, he looked really good at points in that game. There was some of those drives. I mean, he was carving that defense up, which now we're seeing maybe isn't that hard to do anymore. But like that that too, that showed me something. Against that Buffalo defense, like, that showed me something. Mac Jones showed me something. Now, can he put it together for an entire season? We have yet to see that. Forget about getting to the playoffs and winning a playoff game. Can he be a functional, high-functioning, I should say, uh, NFL quarterback for an entire season? We have not seen him do that yet. We saw a pretty promising rookie year with some ups and downs. Then we saw basically all downs with a couple of small peaks the second year. Can he put something together in his third year that makes you think, yeah, this guy's worth investing in? Because right now, I mean, that's definitely uh, not a sure thing. If he can perform the way that he did in most of his rookie season and avoid the cliff that he fell off at the end of the season going into the playoffs that year, if he just plays that way consistently, they go to the playoffs and they lose to the Bills in the first round in wild card or lose to somebody else, you know, in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Is that enough for you to say, pay this guy? Um, He's the franchise quarterback? Depending on what kind of season he has. If he has a I'm if saying he has a season a where the numbers season. and everything are the way that they were for the first two-thirds of his rookie season. Before, I believe, he hit the wall. Okay, but then what does he finish with? You know, it's a full season and he finishes with like 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like, I don't know if that's enough for me if he's... 30 and 10, then maybe I'd, I'd think about it. Like, you'd have to have a big season. It has to be, you have to sort of pay off all these people who believe that you're something more than what we've seen these last two years. Because right now, I mean, he kind of looks like a middling quarterback at best. You have to show that your best is is something else. So, it, his, I'm sorry to cut you off, Megan, but in his rookie season, month of October, he had seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Month of November, he had seven touchdowns, two interceptions. That's where a lot of the Mac hysteria started to grow from. 
But then in December, two touchdowns, four interceptions, one and two record. Uh, January finished with a four four touchdowns, one interception record. Yeah, I think you're looking after the bye. You're looking to see more of what they were doing when I mean there was a stretch last season where they're like, oh, I don't know, the Patriots could be Super Bowl contenders with this kid. Right. Like that's the well, kind of guy. The number that's one the guy seed. you pay. So I, I'm wondering though if. If people watch these games now at this point, see Dak Prescott, see Josh Allen, some of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, see how far they get year after year with their teams, and it makes them reevaluate looking at a quarterback like Mac, who, if he can be consistent, he won't be Joe Burrow, but if he's consistent and he gets you to the point where you can start making noise in the playoffs with other players around him, is that somebody that you can lean on? Do you want to spend the money there? Because it's still going to be a highly paid position. Yeah, and you're, He's not going to get Josh Allen money. He's not going to get Dak money. But he's going to get paid if he is able to to show up and get them back into the playoffs. Yeah, but maybe not by them. <laughs> I'm saying he's getting paid somewhere. He'll get paid by someone. 617-779-7937. Let's go to Dan, who is in Dover. Uh, Dover, Mass, Dover, New Hampshire, Dan. Uh, Dover, New Hampshire, and good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Everybody stay and warm. Uh, What's up? I'm on I-95 right now, and uh, it's awful. But anyway, uh, two quick points. Oh, God. Do you guys feel like both Dak Prescott and Josh Allen will have similar career trajectories as Charles Barkley did in the NBA? Now, you know, both of them have been, obviously, Charles Barkley was an all-star, and both Prescott and Allen have been um, pro bowlers, but it doesn't seem like they, obviously, Charles Barkley never won the big game. And Josh Allen, Dak Prescott make it to the playoffs, but conversation starts and ends there. So I, do you guys get that vibe on how the rest of their careers might go? Um, I think Josh like, Allen's already better than Dak Prescott. He's been, he's been an all-pro, yeah. I think second-team all-pro twice, and Dak never has. So as far as them, either of them not winning a championship, I think that's on the table for both of them, absolutely. And if Dak Prescott never wins a championship or never even plays in one, I don't think they're going to talk about him like Barkley. Barkley's talked about like one of the great all-time players that never won. In sports, not right? just basketball. Like him, Carl Malone, like, uh, just in basketball I'm talking about now. But right. like him, Malone, uh, Ewing, you know, a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys who were great players. And but... who did all those guys have to go up against? Right. Michael Jordan. I don't know if there is a clear-cut Michael Jordan boogeyman Chicago Bulls in the NFL right it now. It should be Josh Allen. Right. <laughs> it should You're, be. No, good point. He should be the guy. Yeah, and for Dak, I mean, in the NFC this year in particular, the boogeymen weren't there. You know, the, Rodgers wasn't there. Brady wasn't there. He didn't have to go through those guys. And uh, you still... <laughs> found yourself with all you could handle against Brock Purdy and Brock the Niners. Brock Purdy whooped the Dallas Cowboys. Fair enough. I mean, listen, it was the Niners' defense that was doing all that, not Purdy, but still. You know, you, you only get so many kicks at the can. And uh, Dak Prescott not doing much with his opportunities there. 617-779-7937 is your phone number. Let's continue with our Patriots talk as we move into the 4 o'clock hour. We'll get to uh, Tommy Curran's latest, which had an uh, interesting uh, potential piece of news about the future of Matt Patricia. What?! Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> uh, we'll get to all of that with your phone calls next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.